Hello everyone and welcome to Menace to Med. I'm your host, Brenda. And I'm your host, Cece. And today we have a very special guest. We have somebody who has graduated from the University of Sussex, <laughs> has a PhD from Burbeck College, University of London, and went from being a protein engineer to a teacher. And he's put down the dissertations and picked up the red pen. Yep. It's the owner of the phrase, blessed <laughs> are the cheesemakers. It's Dr. Elliot. Woo! Hi, guys. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start off with a BPM segment. So back to pre-masters, we'll be asking you questions about your younger self as a student. So question number one, transport us back to your school days. Uh, what did you enjoy? Well, I went to a normal comprehensive in a place called Knowsley in Liverpool, oh, which has okay. since appeared in the CPG guys as one of the most deprived areas, apparently. Oh. So <laughs> I never thought it was that bad when I was there. Um, the school was a, stand, a large comprehensive. Um, I think each year about one or two students used to go to university and that was all really. Yeah. Most people would leave at 16. You were allowed to leave at 16 in those days. Oh, well, but now um, it's 18. Yeah. Yeah. So it was great fun. I really liked school. I had a very varied curriculum, um, which I really enjoyed. Um, I got bullied a bit though. Uh, oh. Nobody likes a, yeah. a smart something or other. So, uh, you know, so I got bullied a bit. But other than that, it was fine. I really enjoyed the actual lessons. And I thought we had some very good teachers, yeah. particularly in maths and biology. That's my favourite cool. subjects. Oh, that's so good. That's mm. really good. Yeah. Um, well, you answer the second question, <laughs> so we'll move on to the third. What A-levels did you take? I took biology, chemistry, physics and maths. Wow, wow. the exact same as CJ. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> okay, Impressive. so the next question is, what were your statistics like, e.g. the grades? Right. Okay, I got two b's and two d's which Ooh. was very disappointing really yeah um but i did do them when i was 17 so there's oh, a bit yeah. of leeway there they yeah. accelerated us and we did, i did them early yeah um so they weren't very good but they were good enough to get into university at the time i think it's a lot harder now the grades are a lot higher to get into yeah. universities definitely um but it was fine for me and i went to sussex yeah and i really enjoyed that so I have four A-levels, although not very good A-levels, and 11 O-levels. Yeah. So guys, don't ever lose hope. Yep. You guys can always get a PhD. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Don't will. give up just because you don't get into the first university of your choice. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now this question I love asking is, if you could speak to your 16-year-old self and give him some advice, what would you say? Work hard for your A-levels. Ah, you can always play afterwards. Yeah. You can always play afterwards, yeah. 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 Yeah, if you work hard when you're young, your life will be a lot easier when you're older. Yeah, I yes. mean, it's, it's only for two years. It is yeah. quite hard. I think A-levels were the hardest thing I've ever done. Wow. Yeah. I thought the intensity and the amount you had to learn for A-levels was very, very years. hard. And I think after that, I think it gets easier, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair to say. And then our last question in the BPM segment is, how was your journey to graduating with a PhD? Was it always a smooth ride? Oh, no, 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 no. I almost left my PhD to become an accountant. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, big, big switch. <laughs> yeah. I loved, I loved science. Um, and so I went and did a PhD. Mm. Um, so I, I, when I did my PhD, it, I was really keen, and it was a, a rather experimental project between UCL Biochemical Engineering and Birkbeck. Mm. Yeah. Um, and whilst I was fascinated with the problem, it was... It didn't really work out. It didn't work. And the trouble with molecular biology 
is you spend about six months designing an experiment, and yeah. then at the end of that, it's ninety-five percent failure and five percent luck. You know, yeah. so I was—I've never been that lucky, and it never really worked out very well. So I found that. You know, it's very frustrating when you're doing that for three years because yeah. you're just in the lab on your own, really, doing yeah. it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was... I'm not a very patient guy, I'm, anyway, so I get a bit <laughs> fed up after when it fails for the 11th time. Yeah, you know? that's fair, yeah. <laughs> um, so I actually then changed the PhD differently and went into looking at the computer graphics and did some more theoretical Ooh. design, okay. which I really enjoyed. I, I quite liked that. Um, but then I got that and then... It all went downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to our next segment, so got me in dissertations, where we ask pressing questions about life as a PhD graduate. So first of all, to get to know what you do, tell us about what your thesis was on. Okay, the thesis was on the protein engineering of prochymosin. Okay. In simpler words, for people like me who don't understand big <laughs> words, it's basically a cheese-making protein. That's right, yes. it's used to make cheese and granites. Yeah. Okay, and hopefully I got this right. So, yeah, biotechnology and protein engineering, that's what you do, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, when did you first know you wanted to go into this field? Well, I really like my my degree at Sussex. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I loved genetics, microbial genetics. Genetic engineering was just one. a big thing that had just come out. Ah, yeah. Blood primarily at Leicester at the time. And so that was very exciting. Um, but I also was a biochemist. I wasn't too keen on the ecological side of biology, yeah. so I actually transferred to biochemistry. And I really like the chemistry aspects and particularly enzymes. Ooh, yeah. So I wanted to work on enzymes, but I also wanted to do genetic engineering. So protein engineering was a perfect thing. It was a yeah, bit of both. Good mix. So a bit of biochemistry and genetics yeah. and theoretical maths and things. So it was nice. Yeah. And to go on from that, who inspired you during your career and your time as a PhD student? And who was your role model? Well, I work for a guy called Tom Blundell. Ooh. And I thought he was a really good bloke, but he didn't take fools lightly. Ah. <laughs> but he, he was a he was a really good bloke, yeah. um, and he was more on the database side. Yeah. Um, he was very impressive. My own PhD supervisor was his wow. post previous postdoc, a senior lecturer then, Ooh. and Jim Pitts. He was a really nice guy. There was a postdoc in the lab who helped me out when it wasn't working very well. He yeah. was a really nice guy, Andy <laughs> Wilderspin. So. Lots of people that I was with, it was a really good atmosphere in the tea room there. People would be constantly arguing, but not arguing in a bad way, debating new ideas and new yeah. So it was a really stimulating environment. So all of them were quite inspirational. That's very good. Yeah. Yeah. So you've had a very long career in science. So can you elaborate on some of your achievements for us, please? Not many. (laughs) Um, So my PhD didn't go too well. I was trying to stop prochymas in form inclusion bodies. In the end, I looked at how it activates as an enzyme. Yeah. Uh, After that, then I had the chance to work as a research fellow in the University of Nijmegen in Holland. Well, in the Netherlands, really, down south. Yeah. Um, So I went there, and there we were going to engineer eye-lens crystalline proteins. So my job was to make mutants of them. Ooh. and put them into transgenic frogs wow. or xenopus cool. toads to be more quite precise and then look at the eye lens whether it causes a cataract in the frog ah. eyes 
Okay. Um, the problem was that the wild type, in other words, a non-mutant protein, yeah. caused cataracts, so the system didn't really work. Yeah. And the way that the research grant was set up was that you had to have one person in each country. So you swapped over. So I was the British okay. person in Netherlands, and we had a Netherlands, Netherlands person in Birkbeck yeah. doing the protein side. Okay. So I wasn't very interested. When the system didn't work for protein engineering the lens, because any disturbance in the lens causes a cataract, even if it's not a mutant, yeah. the system didn't work. But I, because of the conditions of the research fellowship I couldn't come back and carry on with the biochemistry yeah. oh, so basically it sort of forced me into a position where I'd have to do almost pure molecular biology looking at lens expression yeah. Yeah. which I wasn't too keen in so I left that and then I had a look around almost worked in Reading with a guy called Jeff Almond who was a nice guy he was looking at this was the time of the BSc and the uh, uh-huh. cow disease mm. he's a very good oh, virologist there uh, and then I went it actually went in the end to a guy called Tony Reese at Bath University. So oh. I moved down to Bath, which was a very pretty yes, area yeah. of the country. Um, so um, when I was down there, I was looking at antibody engineering. So we were, uh, yeah. but it was a very ambitious project. It was to see if we could design an antibody from scratch on the computer and build wow. it, wow. which we couldn't. It was, a bit, <laughs> it was a bit too extravagant. And one of the yeah. biggest problems with protein engineering was that we didn't know how proteins folded. So it's very hard to build a protein if you don't know how it works. I mean, we'd know how it works once it's folded. And if you had a similar protein, you could sort of guess. But it was very difficult to design it from scratch. So that was a very ambitious thing. But hey, you know, you've got to have some big questions if you're going to go for it you can relaunch it you never know it's never too late to relaunch. well apparently now there's a computer that can fold proteins but again we just don't know how it does it okay so you being a researcher yourself tell us what qualities do you think would make a good researcher probably not the ones i had Um, (laughs) as i say i think you've got to be very very patient i love learning and i love reading and used to love the literature and reading the literature and finding out things The problem is it takes an awfully long time to even find a sentence in a textbook. Mm, So you have to be incredibly patient, incredibly dedicated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And one of the other things is that with molecular biology, DNA is colourless, the liquids are colourless, and the tubes all look the same. Yeah. So day in, day out, even if you're doing different experiments, the actual methodology is very, very similar. So I got a bit bored. So you've got to be quite quite um, determined and, and quite patient i think with it yeah and lucky <laughs> <laughs> um all right so what would you say is interesting about protein engineering and anything exciting that you think would appeal to students nowadays um i don't think it's quite lived up to its potential but now that they are getting closer to understanding folding then that's certainly going to be exciting um i think protein engineering now it's rather a designed phrase um big ones now from the field and offshoots would be proteinomics and things which are very big and that's big in the area of personalized medicine i personally now would probably be looking at stem cell technology as a big revolution in the future Mm. um you know but protein engineering itself i i loved it because it's biochemistry it's some genetic engineering molecular biology and it's also um 
a lot of computer graphics, which are beautiful when you actually look at a protein yeah, and yeah. you can start changing the amino acids yeah. on the computer. It's beautiful to be able to then do yeah. that in the yeah. lab. But, you know, I think now the techniques are much more... Um, you can buy kits for almost everything now. So, you know, in a sense, it might be easier to do. Um, but I still think the fundamental problems are there, how do proteins fold? And it depends whether you're interested in these big questions or not, really. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Get some ambitious students. <laughs> Maybe us. Ooh. <laughs> Except I'm not Sorry. very good at graphics or anything to do with computers. So. <laughs> you pick it up as you go. You you learn as yeah. you go along, you see. I, so you just sort of think, I need to do that. So you learn how to do it. So yeah. it's where it go, takes you, really. Yeah, definitely. Okay, our next segment is I See You segment, which is the <laughs> IC University, where we ask questions pertaining to future undergrad students. Mm-hmm. So our first question is, are there any advantages or perks that come along with a PhD? Travel. Ooh. Oh, Travel all over the place, meet people from all over the world. They're very wow. international labs. So, you, you know, if you go into a lab, there'll be people from all over the show. And also you get to go to conferences and things, so you can travel wow. and meet people that way. So you can do quite a good bit of travelling. You can go and work in other labs elsewhere. Downside is most once you get your PhD, and most postdocs are three years, it's very hard to get a permanent position. Ah, okay. Um, so, you know, you do move around a lot. I mean, I've lived all over the show oh, wow. with each job, you see. Yeah. You have to yeah. move where the job is because it's very specialist. Mm. So... But yeah, I mean, the perks of doing a PhD, they're great. You get to be called a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Are you called a doctor in your passport as well? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. See, I like the sound of that. I like the sound. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm just dreading there if anybody has a cardiac on the tra- on the plane or something. Like, like, not me. Have... <laughs> not a doctor. Yeah. Wrong See, sort of doctors doctor. but not doctors. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, what made you want to become a biology teacher? Well. What happened was, after I left Bath, I then worked for a company, and that was a branch of Welcome. We were doing some uh, R&D for Welcome. It was a company called Antizoma. And then the Welcome company was owned by the Welcome Trust. Mm -hmm. But they decided to sell the country to raise funds for the charity. Yeah, okay. But when they sold the company, then, of course, that company um, closed, and then, of course... We were being funded by that company to do some of the research on yeah. antibodies at the time. So um, so that just meant basically that the com- company closed and became, kept the patent. And um, so the research wing closed down. So yeah. out of a job. And I was getting married, so I thought I need a proper oh. permanent job. <laughs> and there's not much you can do because it's so specialist. I mean, yeah. what do you do with a PhD? So yeah. going into teaching was great because, as I say, I always loved learning anyway. Yeah. And I really love the subject. Yeah. So, you know, it seemed like a sensible thing to become a teacher. Because yeah. I'd done some teaching when I was at university in Nijmegen um, of the undergrads and that. And I quite enjoyed the interaction with the students. So yeah. that's when I decided to do it properly and get a PGCE. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's an amazing thing as well, being taught by a teacher who loves the subject. And I think yeah, it just makes the students important. want to work harder as well and like enjoy the lessons. So that's yeah. really good. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what advice do you have for our future cheese fanatics or anyone <laughs> interested in protein engineering? Or more specifically, what message would you give to the next generation of engineers? Ooh, good one. Uh, I would think as well, I, I'm a bit obsessive with things like that. So I would say if you're doing it and it doesn't work, yep. drop it and just try a different system. 
Mm. Just move on, you know, because you can be obsessed trying to make things work, which, you know, are very difficult problems. So do be flexible, drop things if they're not working, try different approaches. Don't yeah. just get stuck okay. in a rut like yeah. I did. Yeah. That would be my best. And I think that's a message for life in general, you know. Yeah, that's a good Just move advice. on if it's not working. <laughs> yeah, good life advice. Yeah. Um, okay, so... For the aspiring STEM students out there, what are the things you encountered during your university years studying science that your younger school years never prepared you for? Living on my own was very tough when I went to uni. That was very, very tough. Um, Because, you know, it's quite close-knit community in in Knowsley, where I'm from. Yeah. Um, And then going away, and I chose to go as far away as I could. (laughs) Um, So I went, Sussex is quite a long way. Um, So when I went there, of course, you don't know anybody and you're sort of all on your own. Yeah. Um, And I remember meeting in the kitchen for the first time, all the corridor had their own sort of cooking kitchen. Yeah. And everybody went round introducing themselves and nobody understood a word I said because my accent was so strong. (laughs) So that was a bit frightening. I thought, oh dear, is this a good idea or a mistake? And it did take, I would say it took me right until really after Christmas, Easter, before I felt settled there. Oh. Mm, yeah. So, you know, again, it was very unsettling being on your own and away from home. Yeah. But you do adapt to it, you do get used to it, and then it becomes quite exciting because it's such a new experience Very-ins, again. Yeah. But, yeah, it is a bit, you know, it is a bit scary at first. Yeah. That was a bit frightening for me. Yeah. So, and now we're on to our final segment where we have the listeners buzz. And this is where we asked our listeners what questions they want answered. Is it worth thinking about a specialisation now as a year 12, since it takes a very long time to get there? Mm. Um, you might have an idea of the sort of field you'd like to look at, which bits of biology, because biology is a very wide ranging multidisciplinary subject. Yeah. So there's a bit in it for everybody, really. But, you know, you... You can combine things. As I say, I liked maths and biology and chemistry, so I became a biochemist. So you can choose different branches as you will, but I wouldn't specialise too much. Um, And as I went away and did biology and then transferred to biochemistry when I realised I didn't like the heavier ecology aspects. Um, So, you know, you can move. There is flexibility in the system to transfer when you get there so you don't need to make all your decisions now yeah but really do just be aware that you don't limit your career my argument is keep as many doors open, open as you yeah. can yeah rather than so close them behind yeah very good yeah. advice yeah okay last question what is your favorite cheese my favorite cheese <laughs> now that's an interesting that keeps changing actually <laughs> i used to really like stilton and port at christmas mm. um but now I really like French brie. Oh yeah, I got, love French brie. But it's got to be really gooey and runny, where ah, it's yeah. running out and almost oh, yeah. melting, and yeah. it's, it smells like a pair of socks. That's <laughs> the, they're the best cheeses. Yeah. yeah. And there we have it. Dr. Elliot's favourite cheese is French brie. Thank you everybody for listening. I was your thank host you. Brenda, and I'm Cece. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. It was a pleasure to interview today, Dr. Elliot. No problem. This was Menace to Medicine. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. Bye.